Hello and welcome to the PharmaForum podcast. I'm your host, Jonah Comstock. Last fall, Japan-based global pharmaceutical company Takeda made a $300 million bet on plasma-derived therapies, investing in a new plant in Belgium focused on creating these single-source biologics. These therapies, a major area of focus for Takeda, present new hope for people with rare and complex conditions, but sourcing the plasma to meet demand is not without its challenges. Here to talk to me about plasma-derived therapies, why they matter, and how the systems around them need to evolve is Dr. Christina Alekmetz, Senior Vice President and Head of R&D for Takeda's plasma-derived therapies business. Welcome to the show, Christina. Hello, Jonah. Thank you so much for inviting me. So tell me a little bit about yourself just to start and um, your, your background and how you got involved in the Takeda PDT business. That's quite a long story to tell, but let me try to... Uh, make it shorter and and um, more concise here. <laughs> so I've been quite a while around. Um, I started my career as a physician and um, frankly, I always wanted to become a physician. So this was where it all got started. I trained in cardiology and I uh, practiced medicine for about 15 years after I got my MD from medical school. Um, but at some point in my career, I learned about the pharma industry and um, uh, joined a pharma company that later was acquired by Takeda and started um, what now is already 18 years of career in pharma industry and drug development in the R&D part. Uh, it's been a fascinating journey and um, I've been privileged to work with very different products and very different uh, modalities as well, different therapy areas. Um, but um, I've been really excited to um, have the chance to work now with Plasma products for the last three years. So it's been a journey um, that landed me here with Plasma, but um, Plasma, Plasma products is a very special area of work for pharma industry and uh, for R&D part as well. It's been a very exciting um, um, product category to be engaged with. So tell me a little bit about that. I honestly was not super familiar with uh, with plasma derived therapies. Um, I have donated plasma myself, so I, I know a little bit about that side of it. Um, and and I've I've heard of some of these drugs, uh, but as a category, uh, I'm I'm pretty pretty new to this. So I, I'd love if you could sort of lay it out for me a little bit. How long have we been we as an industry been been dabbling in this space, and and what does it look like these days? Well, firstly, Jenna, I'm I'm so pleased to hear that you have been donating plasma. Thank you for that, and thank you for for being um, alert to the need, um, so to put. Because um, plasma products, what really makes them so unique is that uh, there's kind of um, a human being on both ends of of the spectrum. Uh, of course, as as pharma industry, we always work with our patient in mind. Everything we do is really needed for serving the need of our patients and um, making sure we enable uh, therapies for, for the different conditions our patients suffer from. But for plasma therapies, it's in particular special because we start also from humans uh, in order to collect plasma, individual donations are needed. So the, the fact that um, donations determine how much we are able to manufacture the therapies. Um, it's a dynamics on this, uh, this particular market that makes plasma products also very special. It's, it's uh, demand really being higher than we're able to currently manufacture for our patients. Now, you asked what makes it so special. So um, if you think of human plasma, if I kind of try to just um, start from the basics, so to speak, the human plasma 
about half of human plasma is this yellowish liquid um, uh, that remains when we take all the cells away, the, the red blood cells, the white blood cells, the platelets. What remains is human plasma. And this is the starting material from which the different uh, proteins, the therapies are manufactured. The process is very complex and takes close to a year to really come from the starting material to having a therapy ready for the patients. And those, those therapies are needed for treatment of diseases where the patients either lack certain plasma proteins, meaning their bodies are not manufacturing these proteins naturally. They are, uh, as we say, it, immune deficient. And for those patients manufacturing the missing proteins from collected human plasma gives a chance to have a much better life, to control the, the disease and um, enable them to lead a near normal life. There's also another part of the, the plasma-derived proteins that are needed for certain coagulation diseases, um, diseases that are, are showing up as, as uh, coagulation disorders and can be controlled with certain proteins we manufacture from plasma. So the uniqueness really of these products are about the starting material, the way they're manufactured, and also the diseases that are treated with plasma products. So how how long has this been a, a focus area for for Takeda and and as as you kind of have have gotten into it what what are some of the what are some of the challenges and and uh how are you responding to them I know we we sort of mentioned some challenges already but how do you build a, a business model around that kind of two-sided market that relies on donations Yeah yeah you have a really good point about how long it's interesting but those products um have been used for therapies uh, for close to 100 years, actually, um, not quite, but close to. And about 80 years of that history, Takeda, through the legacy companies, has been involved as well. So maybe one thing I didn't mention earlier and, and an interesting starting point here, um, the reason we still do manufacture therapies from plasma today, even though technology has advanced so much, um, as strange as it is, but we're still not able to manufacture all of those proteins in the laboratories um, with recombinant technologies or other ways. So, so we're still bound to collect them from the human plasma. That there are no other ways of supplying these medications for patients. So, so that's another angle of uniqueness. And we as Takeda, the company, as I said, 80 years about it all started with a legacy company that was called Immuno back in the day in Austria, in Vienna area. And it has evolved uh, through several iterations through different companies that have taken this portfolio forward. And when um, Takeda acquired um, company Shire a number of years back, in 2019, Takeda started then this uh, separate business unit where we brought together um, a, a business unit from vein to vein point of view, meaning the, the manufacturing, the R&D part, the commercial part, to handle the portfolio of plasma products in the most professional manner. Yeah. So, um, can we talk a little bit more about the use cases here? Um, you know, what are some kind of examples of of the disease areas where this this um, these therapies are are helping out, and and why is it that they're kind of the the main best option or only option, or or um, you know, traditional therapies aren't working? Help me understand that side of it too a little bit. Yes, I'd be happy to try. So um, maybe for starting, what is it we 
get from plasma. Um, when I mentioned that um, plasma started to be used for therapy about 100 years ago, it actually all started with albumin. So albumin is um, uh, one of the products, um, a protein um, that we get from plasma. And it started to be used in um, intensive care therapy and for patients who had big blood loss, for example, in surgical situations or trauma situations. So that, that was the first um, protein that actually was derived from plasma. Um, the second um, and really important part of um, what we get from plasma is immunoglobulins. Uh, human body manufactures those immunoglobulins and that protect us against different infections. And a healthy individual always has a healthy supply of those immunoglobulins. And um, that's why we stay healthy, so to speak. But um, as I mentioned very early, there are patients who suffer from immune deficiencies. And a big area of, of that, that's a very complex category. Immune deficiency can be caused by different things. But uh, there are um, a number of patients who have so-called primary immunodeficiency, meaning they are born with a, with a genetic um, defect, could be multitude of genetic causes for why a patient um, has the immunodeficiency. But that can be helped if infused immunoglobulins that are manufactured from healthy plasma. So again, the reason why this cannot be really artificially manufactured is that human plasma is so complex and the composition of these immunoglobulins is so multifaceted. Um, we say polyclonal, which actually means that they come in very different kinds, those immunoglobulins. And it's really today still not feasible to have a laboratory manufactured therapy that would, would give the same kind of um, a protection to the patient that uh, immunoglobulins from human plasma can. Another big area uh, of therapies that we get from plasma, and those are coagulation factors. And coagulation uh, disorders can be treated with those therapies. Again, really important because um, uh, those are, um, again, proteins that we do not currently manufacture in laboratory that are not made recombinantly. Science is advancing a lot as we speak. Um, one of the disease areas um, that I'm sure everybody has heard about, hemophilia a disease that is um, uh, a coagulation disorder leads to bleedings and, um, and um, has a big impact on patients' quality of life. Hemophilia today has alternative therapy options that are actually non-plasma options. So medicine has advanced. Um, there are still patients, um, some patients in hemophilia fields who depend on plasma therapies, but currently there are more options available. We still have several coagulation disorders, though, where there are no other options, and uh, we depend entirely providing these patients with plasma-derived medicine. So let's talk a little bit about the supply chain. I mean, you have this added difficulty, right? Not only is your supply limited by the donors, but then you have to keep the plasma in a viable form from the point of donation to the manufacturing that you do to the, the eventual patient. Is that, I mean, is that a complex undertaking in itself? That is a complex undertaking. You're absolutely right. Um, Takeda, I, I mean, plasma could be sourced two different ways. One is the plasma donation that um, individuals, healthy individuals can do in plasma donation centers. And this is where uh, you mentioned in the very beginning that you have personal experience, how this is done and how it happens. 
So this is one way of sourcing plasma. That's where the biggest amount of, of source plasma for the manufacturing of therapies comes from. Plasma could also be, um, so to speak, a byproduct of blood donations. And when whole blood donations are collected by blood banks, um, the plasma part of this donation could also be uh, used for, for plasma therapy manufacturing. But most of Takeda's plasma comes from our own network of plasma collection centers, the BioLife centers that function across the United States and in three European countries as well. Um, BioLife centers, um, Takeda has more than 200 centers um, across the, the regions that I mentioned. And um, those centers um, are dedicated to um, serving donors who are willing to donate plasma the best possible way so that the plasma donation becomes a good experience for the donor. But we also have the supply that we definitely depend on to be able to manufacture therapies for our patients. So once collected, the plasma will be frozen and then transported to further, further work to our uh, manufacturing facilities. And we have eight different manufacturing facilities that uh, um, work on the plasma products which in end result uh, gives us more than 20 different therapies that Takeda has on market for plasma. And what's the donation experience like and how do you incentivize people to do it? Well, should we turn this question around and ask for your impressions <laughs> from that experience, actually, Jonah? Well, see, I've done, uh, I'm trying to make sure I don't mix up my plasma with platelets because I've done both. And I remember one of them was a very much longer process than a regular blood donation. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. And you are spot on. I think this is the plasma donation you have in mind. So uh, for plasma donation, the donor would go to the plasma collection center where there are the, the specific machines available and personnel who is trained and dedicated to this type of work. Um, the, the first visit will always take a bit longer because um, there's process to go through. And um, one of our key goals is really to um, ensure that the donors are uh, safe and know exactly uh, that the process is done the good way. And from that point onwards, then the don donation will ensure and it will take about an hour for the normal plasma donation. Now, from R&D point of view, what is important for us is that once this plasma is collected, we need to really ensure that we maximize the value of that plasma. So. Um, we in R&D, we have different departments in R&D, and that includes also the departments for scientific research and understanding better how the plasma proteins can be used for different therapies. And we have people who are experts in designing clinical programs and investigating the effect of plasma therapies on certain disease conditions or separate patient populations. So from the long process of how and donated plasma becomes a, a therapy, a big chunk of that period is really where R&D work is critically important. And that's what I'm responsible for in our business unit and the team of experts and scientists in plasma R&D are working with. So the R&D, the innovation is, is happening in multiple areas, right? It's happening in sort of, as you said, how to make the most of the plasma and, and, um, and use it efficiently. Also different therapeutic uh, use cases, right? New new use cases. And then is there work happening on synthetic plasma or are we just too far away from that? Uh, there is work happening, definitely. Um, we are 
too far from this to become a mainstream therapeutic too soon. But I'm very careful to put out any timelines here because technology and and science has a way of marching forward. And uh, sometimes innovation comes really, really quickly, bounds and leaps. And of course, everything that benefits our patients, we are eagerly awaiting for those innovations. But we do have our own hands full as well. You mentioned that uh, uh, looking into different patient populations and uh, testing and um, providing clinical evidence for our products is one part of that innovation. But for plasma products, there's another angle why those products are so special. And it's namely, it's not only the protein, but to administer that protein. Um, there's a big component of technology around it because um, if we envision it, it's it's a rather big amount of uh, viscous liquid to be administered. It is either intravenously to the patient or we have products that can be administered subcutaneously. But for that, um, there is um, tubing, needle sets, there are pumps, there's all, all kinds of uh, support around um, the administration as such. And so for us, one angle of innovation that we are very dedicated um, to pursue is really to improve that patient experience. Because if you imagine a patient who administers the, the product at home, um, it's not only the needle stick and um, to be able to administer the product, it would be subcutaneously at home, um, but they would need to plug together all the tubes, get the product out of the vial, get the, the pump working because the infusion will take time because it's a big amount. So all of this logistics, it's, it's complicated. And we are fully dedicated to making um, patients' lives easier in the future. So the patient experience, improving the patient experience, it's one of the key goals for us and really something we aspire to do. And what does that involve? Do you have um, panels where you, you hear from patients? Uh, how, how are you kind of investing in, in the patient experience? Yeah, excellent question, because it's so easy to assume we know what the patients need, but that, of course, isn't at all correct way of, of doing it. We definitely want to hear from our patients. Uh, we do it different ways. It could be um, the, the patient organizations who represent patients for, with certain conditions. We have uh, longstanding and um, uh, very valued relationships with a number of patient organizations. Uh, we do talk to individual patients. Uh, we also um, listen to patient advisory boards. We bring together groups of patients and hear their uh, voices about where the need actually is and what is the, the biggest burden for them. And I'm using the word disease burden here because those diseases um, we treat mostly, or plasma therapies are used to treat patients with uh, either rare disease or complex chronic conditions. And those therapies in majority of cases are lifelong. It, it's not a one-time treatment to cure a patient. It's a chronic condition that the patient will manage through their life and plasma therapy will be used in that course. So um, um, in that context, the burden of disease is extremely important and improving the technical side around the administration, improving that experience with each administration is crucially important for our patients. We'll give you an example. Um, I mentioned there are multiple steps before the patient can you know, use the needle and actually before the needle stick can happen and the infusion starts, there are multiple steps with this uh, tubing, needle sets, pump to be connected, the vials with, uh, with the medication. 
And uh, we have recently developed um, a technical um, help device that the patients can use that reduces the number of steps by about half even. And that really helps them to, to make this process more smooth, saves their time, makes the experience better. So this is the type of innovation that we really want to bring forward to our patients. This device is currently under the review from regulators, and we're hoping to hear back from regulators very soon and get it uh, to our patients quickly. What else is sort of in the works or on the horizon that you're excited about from an innovation perspective? I'm very excited to see the digital support system evolve. Um, There's so much been made around the digital approaches to how to help the patients to own their life or take back their life in that context, the support system, the, the um, kind of um, ease of, of directing them through the different steps of administration, the connections to other patients, connections to healthcare providers, all of that has evolved so much over the past years. I think you would agree that the, the COVID pandemic time um, gave this area a push to develop in leaps and bounds and really virtual healthcare became more of a norm than than it ever had been. So for our patients as well, this digital innovation and um, making sure that we have the best kind of ecosystem around the therapy administration is one of our goals for innovation, for developing. Also, um, what we are currently in Takeda and in our plasma R&D very excited about is that um, we ran a, a study program in neuroimmunology um, looking into an indication where uh, plasma therapies bring value to patients. And, and these results have read out. Uh, we are um, under the review with the regulators again and hope to bring therapies to the patients suffering from those neuroimmunologic diseases, um, one of the very important area where plasma products are used. So those are the kinds of innovation we are currently most invested in, but uh, a lot of work ongoing and hopefully in the future being able to even better serve our patients. Is there anything else we haven't talked about that you think is important to, to discuss or to let people know about, about the work you're doing? So maybe just to mention here that um, what, what we are really proud of and um, what I want to emphasize is that uh, we bring to our patients the, the most uh, diverse portfolio of different plasma products. And why I'm mentioning that is we have different formulations, different uh, concentrations, so on and so forth. And, and it is actually important because all patients have different needs. The patient's individual needs differ. Their lifestyle differs. Whether they prefer home or hospital administration differs. All of that uh, tends to differ from patient to patient, and we really are committed to serve our patients, meet them where their needs are. So creating that ecosystem that supports the the patients, reimagining that ecosystem to enable also technology solutions and digital solutions to be part of that ecosystem. This is how we see innovation going. And we are fully committed to our patients also with the situations where there's not enough plasma to allow for every patient to be served. We are firmly committed to continue serving our patients through the course of their therapies. So meaning it's a chronic condition and we are always carefully prioritizing, ensuring that as we evolve and develop uh, into new areas and new indications, we're never leaving our patients behind. We are always ensuring that the patient's needs are covered to ensure they have the therapy available for them. 
And how do you do that when you have a shortage? I mean, is it is it about you said prioritizing? Um, is is there a, a a degree to which it's possible to stockpile? Like, how do you how do you manage that and avoid a situation where a person who needs this therapy um, isn't able to access it? Uh, yes, this is a process that is carefully managed and controlled, the supply chain and um, uh, allocation management. Um, so we are we are following uh, very carefully the patient populations that we serve. And when the new um, indications open up or, or new countries that we can uh, provide the medicine for. So this is something that the business unit that I mentioned earlier, we work in Takeda with the plasma derived therapist business unit has people dedicated to and they're much better to talk about this specific process uh, than i would be here but right of course because r&d is your focus yeah rest assured we have uh fully eyes on on that and um this is something we are very very good at as well i would say to to manage that um supply and demand um match in a way how do you see this space evolving in the next five or ten years I'm very excited to see that not only Takeda, but also the other companies that work with plasma products um, are growing the, the plasma product manufacturing. And this is really exciting because as, as we started from, there is still more, that there still is more demand uh, that we're currently able to, to meet, which means more patients can be treated, more help can be out there for them. So I'm, I'm so excited to see that growth continuing. I'm, of course, excited that Takeda is such an important part of that area, and uh, we are we're really doing our utmost here to be part of this growth. In the next years, what I would see happening is that we're getting better at um, uh, what I used the words earlier to offer to the patients really a complex system of care, not only the therapy, but this um, um, kind of um, integrated care that the patient deserves to have, meaning that their needs are covered on multiple fronts, not only by the, the protein that is treating the disease immediately, but also the, the care system around that that makes their life easier, that allows the patient to take back their life and not be determined uh, by how much the disease allows to, to live a, a, a life. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Christina. This has been super interesting. Uh, one of the things I love about covering pharma is that there are so many uh, little uh, areas, I mean, not little, but, you know, particular specific areas um, to learn about. And it's it's been great to have you on and, and learn a little bit about the work that you do at Takeda around plasma-derived therapies. Jonah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for your questions and for your interest in this really important area. Thank you. That concludes this episode of the Pharma Forum podcast. You can find more information about this episode, including a download link and information about other installments in the series at pharmaforum.com slash podcast. The Pharma Forum podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, and Podme, where you can find and subscribe by searching for Pharma Forum. And don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for daily news and analysis bulletins and to follow us on Twitter at at Pharma Forum. Thanks for listening.